Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello, and welcome to episode 98 All Aboard. In this episode, we have some What's on the Needles, In the Weave Shed, Yarn Shops Galore, Something I Really Like, Shop Update, and a look at some upcoming events on the horizon. So, pull up a cup of tea, or coffee, a drink of your choice, grab your current work in progress, and settle in for this episode. So it's January, huh? Not quite sure how that happened. Not sure at all where the last two and a half months have gone. But they have gone. They're in the past. So it's no point getting all hit up about it. I'm just looking forward and thinking, what possibilities can 2018 bring to me? Already some interesting things have happened here at Yarns from the Plain. And I'll touch on some of them in the upcoming sections. But suffice to say, there's been a whole lot going on in my head, which is quite good because I I really do feel that for November and December, I'm really not sure where I was. I know I did some things with Common Threads, um, the textile group that we set up at college. But other than that, I couldn't really tell you quite what I did. So we're just, you know, we're going to draw a line under that and we're looking forward. This is a rehash of the episode that I planned back in October. Some things are still current, so I'm able to talk about them. Some things, like the What's on the Horizon, have moved on somewhat, but that's okay. We're moving on too. I had a very pleasant Christmas. Mum and Dad were up. JJ the new cat behaved impeccably whilst they were here. Not a single time did he scale the Christmas tree. He did gnaw on a few baubles and fairy lights that were at mouth height, but he didn't actually climb the Christmas tree, so I reckon that was a success. He even tempered down his manic behaviour. He likes to wait until you've put one step from the landing to the top step on the way down, and then he will charge down the stairs. And I was very impressed with him because he obviously picked up very quickly that my mum and dad are not steady on their feet and he really scaled that back so I was really impressed. He didn't attempt to get onto the dining table when we were eating at all which I think was a minor miracle because quite frankly he's never seen us eat at the dining table. In fact I'm not entirely sure he realised we had a dining table until a few days before Christmas when I actually excavated it from under all of the gubbins that was on top of it. He really likes it Normally when we're cooking a Sunday roast, he's all in it and desperately trying to find out what's going on because he loves the smell of meat. He slept through the entire preparation and eating of the Christmas dinner. Of course, he made up for it the moment they left. Um, You know, the day after I dropped them off, he, in the space of 45 minutes, silently shredded a small bird because we wouldn't play and wouldn't oblige him with some more food. Terribly sorry, I hope you weren't eating. Should have given you a warning for that. 
and has taken to sitting in the sink. Any sink. Having a wash-in sink. In past days, he's climbed into and got himself trapped in a large packing case uh, that was full of files. He's he's just having a bit of a funny moment. But bless him. I'm looking at him currently. I'm inside the conservatory and he is in the dining room looking plaintively at me through the conservatory windows, desperate to come inside. And he can't quite understand why I won't let him. Trouble is, he does have this habit of attempting to actually, you know, walk across the computer keyboard. And I'm not convinced that that is going to be a very good idea whilst I'm recording the podcast. But on the whole, Christmas was an enjoyable affair and we worked really well. He wasn't too pleased with the fact that we went away over New Year. Um, In fact, when our neighbour went in to go and feed him, the second night we were away, she said she felt he was very depressed. He was all down and he wasn't his bouncy self and you know way to go to make me feel guilty but you know he survived and he's now back with a vengeance we had i had to take him to the vet just after we came back to um get him checked out for um his weight because it was a time to get a new flea and tick treatment and they require him to be weighed every six months for that to check he's on the right dosage and it was sort of a bit shaming for him really when the nurse held him up under his armpits made me take a photograph of him and said that's his before photo he needs to lose some weight I don't think he was terribly thrilled but uh, there we go he's uh, so he's now on a slightly restricted diet a little bit like the rest of us in the house and we're attempting to make sure he moves more which is hilarious because I've seen him jump up a six-foot gate and onto the top of a flat roof and then jump from our house to the neighbor's house we are detached um, onto their flat roof so he's reasonably active but um, it's just trying to make sure that he does have some playtime with us I think because he's he's not destructive but he's less of a pain I think if he has some structured playtime with us so it's trying to make sure that we get that in but he is hilarious and he continues to just make me smile he climbed into the tumble dryer at the weekend because I left the door open for about five seconds while I took the things out and took them upstairs so come back downstairs, there's a cat in the tumble dryer. I just sat in it. Presumably it was still quite warm. <sighs> yeah, he's he's one of those cats. But I love him. He is just a treasure. So now I've rambled a little bit about cats and my boy. Um, I hope you all had a lovely Christmas and you had a restful time. I know sometimes it's not easy, but I, I hope you did. I think it's time to fess up to the fact that up until this weekend, I hadn't actually really done any knitting for about a month. I didn't get it out at Christmas. I am struggling with my eyes. I am struggling with my eyes. I feel when I put my contact lenses in, I want to be looking over the top of them like my glasses. When I've got my glasses in, I can't quite find the right sweet spot to hold the knitting to be able to see everything. And once it gets into the evening, then I'm really struggling. So this is not good. Being late 40 sucks. It really sucks. But there we are. Um, I'm moving on. I have, however, managed to do some knitting since I spoke to you last. So following on from the theme from episode 97 for the love of Woolly, it's, you'll not be surprised to hear it's hats. The Contura 
I almost finished the Contouro. Remember that kit with the beautiful colours of blues, jades and greens? That the Baby Long Legs Mesmerino DK. I, I nearly got to the last bit. And then I realised that I would need to do two bands in the same colour. And that actually that colour was very similar to the previous colour. So that I was going to have a big band of it that was almost all identical green. Now I love green, but to me it just put the balance off slightly. So I decided to rip it right back. And I did, I ripped it right back to the first layer after the brim. And so I'm slowly working my way back up, but I haven't touched that since November. So I I couldn't tell you quite where I am on that at the moment, but I've, I've definitely done uh, two rows, if not three, I think. And it is a really nice, mindless thing to do. It's great. So I just need to get back and get on with it, really. I got slightly dis um, sidetracked because November, of course, is Mystery Hat Month with Woolly Wormhead. So I decided that I was going to do the Mystery Hat. And this year, because it was her 10th year of doing Mystery Hats, or should I say last year, she actually published two patterns. So I got both of them with the intention of working both of them um, simultaneously, but that didn't happen. And so I worked on Mystery Hat B, which was the one that started at the crown and worked down to the brim. And I've never worked a hat that way. So that was really interesting. And I've really, really enjoyed working on that. I kept pretty much up with the publication dates until this last section so I do know that the name of the hat has been published and I th I'm pretty sure it's called Sette Velle um, which I haven't looked up Velle to see what that means but Sette is seven and that makes sense because there are seven repeats as you go around the pattern so it grows from the crown in a sort of a heptagon type shape well I mean it doesn't mind because I have two sets of 3.25 needles and I just found it easier to corral it um, so I'm knitting it on eight needles um, one needle for each pattern repeat and then one working needle which sounds a bit horrific it does look a bit like I'm wrestling something very large in my lap but because I've got quite short DPNs the Knit Pro, Pro DPNs that I'm working on are quite short I kept losing stitches off the end so I just uh, succumbed to the inevitable so I very nearly finished that. I'm working that in a Stanley Sport from my reject bin. Um, it was looking quite sad and sorry and not great. So I pulled that out of the, the, well, the bargain bin, really, and have been working on that. Of course, what that does mean is I can't for the life of me remember what the colour is. I think it might be pink grapefruit, but it, it might not be. I, and I just can't remember because, of course, have I? Can I find the label? No. And you thought, wouldn't you? It's my own yarn. I should be able to remember, but I'm having a bit of a moment, so I can't. I'd love to say I did some more work on the bob socks, but I'd be lying. I haven't. I am struggling to see those at the moment, which is a real shame because I really do want to work um, on those socks. But there we are. So, on what's on the needles at the moment that I'm focusing on are a couple of hats, and and. That's fine.
So, moving on to in the weave shed. There's a bit of a common theme here because I haven't actually woven on anything since the end of November, but I have woven since I spoke to you last. And I have moved away from wool just for this section. Back when I was in college, Project 4 was the introduction of double weave. And double weave is where you weave two layers of fabric at once. Anyone who's done double knitting, particularly um, the double knitting, uh, uh, like some of the patterns that um, Lucy Neatby um, came up with, will understand the concept that you make one stitch in one layer, one stitch in the other, and you work them simultaneously um, and don't cross the threads unless you want the fabric to catch in certain points to make pockets. Well, double weave is the same idea, apart from instead of working one stitch at a time, you work one pick. Right? One pick is when is what it's called when you put the shuttle through to make one weft thread. And just like in double knitting, you can either make two completely separate layers at the same time, or you can begin to interweave them either by swapping the warp. Uh, the, the weft threads around, or having different blocks where you swap the two layers. So it enables you to get completely isolated blocks of colour against a background if you want. Now the first project we did that with in college, Project 4, I based on the David Hockney building, which was the then fairly new college building in Bradford. And the collection was greys and reds and pinks and neutrals. And I worked it in a combination of cotton and cotillin and produced samples that would be suitable for upholstery fabric. What I've done this time is take the same pattern but work them in very fine silk. And I'm working them at um, a set of 32 ends per inch so that gives you an idea of how fine it is so across an inch of fabric there are 32 warp threads to be fair there are actually 32 warp threads on one layer there's 32 warp threads on the other layer as well and you know makes for an interesting weaving procedure but what it means is it's actually a very narrow band and the idea was I wanted to explore ways that I could use small pieces like that as art pieces now I'm not happy at the moment with my original idea which was to mount them on a, a small square canvas. They just don't quite work. So at the moment I'm thinking about how else I could produce them as art pieces. But the samples that I've worked on um, have actually got a really nice drape and a really nice effect that I'm quite tempted to develop them into some quite, um, you know, just maybe widen the pattern slightly and make a um, make a series of scarves using it. Um, I'm, I find it really attractive. I think I'm, it's my throwback to being a, a teenager, a developing teenager in the early 80s when everything was all about grey and pink. Do you remember that? I had some funky grey and pink things. And I think it's calling back to that, which is a bit of a problem, obviously, because, hey, not everyone likes the grey and pink but I do like the effect that I'm getting with the, the double weave in this very fine silk doesn't mean it takes a long time to warp the, the loom up but you know you pays your money you takes your choice so that's what's currently or, or that's the last thing that I've worked on in the weave shed I am looking at restructuring my time 
and blocking out periods of time for when I'll be working on yarns from the plain things and when I'll be working on the textiles. Haven't quite got that right yet because I have the wonderful job of sorting out the accounts and the tax return. When that is out of the way, then I'm going to be then looking at how I'm going to block my time out to make sure I have got dedicated weaving time because it's too easy for me to faff around and procrastinate and then I get to the end of the day and oh look I've not done any more weaving again so we need to see if we can we need <laughs> makes it sound like I have multiple personality disorder I don't really um, I need to get myself sorted and I can hear Joe Millmind's eyes eyeballs rolling from here, Joe Shiny Bees, I can hear them rolling to the back of her head. Yes, I know. But I do need to get that tax return out of the way. Once that's out of the way, then new week structure, that's coming in. Okay, on to a new section. It's not really a new section because I have done the yarn shop reviews before, but I'm actually calling it yarn shops galore this section. Because yes, I run an online hand-dyed yarn business, but I also think we cannot we cannot continue to ignore the power of the community that can arise from a local yarn store. But interestingly enough, the first one I'm going to talk about is a little bit different. I did mention it, I think, last time um, I spoke to you. But this is proper focus on the wool boat. So this is Colin and Carol's creations on the MMA. And Colin and Carol sail, oh, they, they overwinter um, in Bursco in Lancashire uh, on the Leeds-Liverpool Canal. But then during the spring and the summer and the autumn, they travel around various places. So I visited them in October in Audlem in Cheshire. But they, they travel all over. And the best way to keep up with where they are is to check out their Facebook page or their blog. They are currently, I think this afternoon, Thursday the... What's today? The 18th? I think it's the 18th. They are at the Slipway. Uh, in Bursco from open uh, from one to three, so that's going to be an approximately forty minutes. So that's not really going to be any good to you at all. Um, but on Sunday, they're hoping to be back at Bursco Wharf, and that's Sunday the twenty-first, and they will be open from ten till three. Now, what what are you going to find when you go there? Well, it's a narrowboat, so by nature, it's not a room floor to ceiling full of yarn but it is a boat a narrow boat full of nooks and crannies and every drawer that Colin or Carol would open had more treasures in they stock quite a wide range of James Seabrett yarns so you've got both the acrylic and the acrylic wool mixes in four ply and Aran. now I know that acrylic is not everybody's yarn of choice. Lots of people don't like it. And I know at the moment there's an awful lot of 
things in the news and in the media at the moment about plastics and everything else. But I do think that acrylic yarn has its place. And those of you who've listened to me for a while will know this. If I am knitting anything for a baby and it is not the baby of a knitter, then I will often knit it in acrylic because it needs to be washable and it needs to be able to be thrown in a washing machine because a new mum, especially one who's not a knitter, does not have time to be hand washing all sorts of things. It's not so much they don't have the time to be hand washing it. What they don't have is the time to be sorting and thinking about it. So it's slightly different. So, there we go. Now, um, they also stock Ranco 4-ply and Botany Lace 4-ply from Designer Yarns. But bearing in mind that Designer Yarns went into liquidation last week, obviously they're not going to, I doubt they're going to be having any re replacements of those. So it'll be interesting to see what they've got when uh, when you go to see them if you want. They have Opal Sock Yarns. Can't beat an Opal Sock Yarn. And then they have West Yorkshire Spinners. And I do like West Yorkshire Spinners. So they've got the Signature 4-ply, which is, again, you know, a good, robust yarn. Obviously, it's not been around long enough to see how well it's going to hold up for intended wear. I have Opal Socks and regular socks that I made 10 years ago now. Now, they haven't had a lot of wear in the last few years, but they have held up pretty well um, in the run-up to that. They also have in the West Yorkshire Spinners range the Wensleydale Fleece Gems DK. I bought a couple of those. haven't knitted with them yet, but I did buy them. And they also have the Woolly Knits um, yarns. They've got a selection of DKs and Lofty Chunkies. So there is a nice, there's a nice range of things that they stock, and they also have odd um, little gems that you might not find somewhere else um, from local Lancashire artisans and uh, flocks. So well worth checking out, and they are absolutely lovely. They are really, really nice people, and they're kind of my kind of people. Just not necessarily following the same track as everybody else and um, I kind of like that in a person now moving on to something I really like if you've been a long-time listener of the show, you'll know that I have a fondness for county shows, agricultural shows, the crafts that you see there and the competitions that take place, but also the animals, just seeing the competition between the animals and the sheep, the cows. Tame Show never had any pigs, but it was nice to go to the Cheshire Show the other year and see pigs there. All these animals that help us understand, those of us who have not grown up on a farm, a little bit more about farming and its place in modern society. There are lots of people who choose not to eat animals, and I fully understand that. That is their decision to make. I am not one of those people, so therefore I like to understand where 
my food has come from I need to understand and see some of the process and an agricultural show allows you to do that what it also allows you to do obviously um, is to show off those animals that you have spent a lot of time caring for and nurturing and showing them to their best and there's currently a daytime show on the BBC, BBC, I think it's on BBC One, called the Farmer's Country Showdown. Now, I'd actually caught a couple of earlier episodes in this series, um, the one about pigs and um, another one that I can't remember off the top of my head. But somehow I had managed to miss the credits to the show, the opening credits. If I had seen them, I might have noticed that my cousin was in the opening credits. She's actually a second cousin of mine. And this Monday, just gone, episode 10 was all about sheep. Now, the format of the show is that it takes two families and something that they are specialising in and taking to the county show, and then they follow them as they prepare and then take their animals or their craft to the county show so for the episode of pigs i saw it was two farming families showing different pigs i don't think they were in the same class from what i remember and certainly from monday's episode with rianne it wasn't um, them competing against each other they were in different classes but they were both competing at the pembrokeshire county show so it focused on the preparation and then the show itself. And it was really interesting because it featured my cousin Rhea and her husband and her two small boys. They are not farmers. They both come from farming families, but they both have jobs that are outside the remit of farming. But they have what would be classed as a hobby flock, although it's, you know, to me it's quite large. You know, a hobby flock, I was thinking maybe five or six sheep, and it's not, it's more than that. And they graze on uh, in two different sites that are 10 miles apart. So just think about the logistics of that. You are caring for groups of animals that are going to require daily um, care and daily access. They are 10 miles apart, plus you have a full-time job doing something else. So it's your partner, and you have two small children. It's quite a feat, isn't it? I'm, I'm quite sort of impressed with um, everything that, that was going on. Interestingly enough, I hadn't realised that um, Rianne's shift she's a she's a teacher secondary teacher I hadn't realized her shift um, had changed because she used to teach RE um, when she was first teaching and she now actually teaches agriculture so that's quite interesting uh, and, and really quite pleasing but it is available on the iPlayer until the 15th of February and the previous episodes um, will probably start running out around the 5th or 6th of February because of the the timing that, that goes on with the, the shows um, and the shows on iPlayer but if you can have a look at it and you're at all interested I would recommend it it's an interesting series uh, and of course being a woolly person it's nice to see sheep so that's something I really like the farmers country showdown <laughs> on to the shop update the main new thing that's in the shop at the moment that's gone up this week are two dates for dyeing workshops with me. I ran one with, in conjunction with Faye from Knit It, Hook It, Make It back in ooh, 2016 now. And 
what I've done is taken that that workshop and put on two dates, one on Saturday the 3rd of March and one on Saturday the 9th of June. They will both take place in the Mid Cheshire area. They are um, the venue isn't fully pinned down yet, but I'm fairly certain that it's going to be um, Weaverham. Uh, if it's not Weaverham, it will be Rudheath. Both of those are um, within striking distance of Northwich. The workshop is £55. For that, you get uh, a chance to experiment with different dyeing techniques with acid dyes in the morning on a variety of different samples. And then um, in the afternoon, you can continue that and then dye up a skein of your on of your own in your own exclusive colourway. There will also be the opportunity to purchase further skeins if you want to buy um, and, and dye up more than one. So you'll try a variety of different bases to see how the dye takes differently in different fibres and then you'll get um, a choice of what you would like to um, dye up if you want to buy anything further at the end. So I'm very excited about it. There are spaces available on both dates but I have already sold some of the spaces and they're available in the shop under the workshops tag. Just to let you know though, until January the 31st, they are also part of the whole site-wide beat price increase sale. So all you need to do is use the code CHEERUP, all in capitals, all one word, in the checkout and you'll get 20% off anything and everything until the 31st of January. So please go and check it out. Don't forget as well that when you first go to yonsfromtheplane.co.uk on the front page there is a sign up slot there for newsletters if you sign up for the newsletter I don't bombard you with things and I certainly aim to uh, stay on the topic and uh, certainly not try and sell you essential oils but what I will do at times is there will be a subscriber discount as well um, or codes to take to shows if you come to see me at shows so well worth signing up if you want to be in a chance uh, for some further discounts later on. Finally, what's on the horizon? So, this coming Sunday, the 21st of January, we've got Waltham Abbey Wall Show. That's taking place at the Marriott Hotel in Waltham Abbey. Now, I don't know now if there are any advanced tickets available or any spaces left on workshops because I've forgotten to check. And my notes, of course, were made in October. But it is the first wool show, to my knowledge, of the year. And it has a, an interesting little selection of vendors. So if you're in the area in the south of England, well worth checking out. Also coming up, big news is obviously over the last couple of weeks, Edinburgh Yarn Festival pre-sale tickets have gone on sale and have sold out. But there will be some tickets available on the door for some of the days um, in the marketplace. The marketplace is now taking place, I think, on Thursday, Friday and Saturday. So it's growing Edinburgh Yarn Festival. And that is over the 
I think the Saturday is the 17th, so it must be from the 15th through to the 17th, with maybe some workshops on the 18th of March in Edinburgh. It's huge. It's a huge show. I've never been, because it tends to hit the <laughs> Spinning Guild AGM, and since this year I'm taking on the role of chair, didn't think it would be a good idea to apply to Edinburgh and not be there. Um, but I have attended a workshop in the past. I went up on a Sunday afternoon uh, for one a couple of years ago for um, Felix's um, quotidian colour work class, which was absolutely superb. So if you are going, I hope you have a wonderful time. If you're not going, or if you haven't got, got advanced tickets yet, you're too late for those, but there will be some available still on the day. So worth going to have a look for that. And finally, um, and I don't know whether this could, this could all go terribly wrong, couldn't it? This all could backfire. Um, but this is episode 98. So that means episode 100 isn't that far off. The schedule is in place. The work week is being restructured to make sure time is built in. And I don't prevaricate and procrastinate. So, obviously, bear in mind, Knit British, great big party in Edinburgh for her 100th episode. It's not really happening with me. Unless we do, you know, a la Electric Sheep, a live Twitter party. But I'm not much on Twitter these days, so I don't know if that's going to work. But what I thought might be interesting, in a bid to increase some more audience participation, because that used to work really well in the past, and I'd really like to encourage those of you who are still listening, and I know there are some, because I have been getting some feedback. Thank you very much. There have been tweets and comments on the show notes, so that's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Gina. I saw your comments. I thought in a bid to sort of push this into a bit more audience participation, episode 100, we might deviate slightly and have an ask me anything section. Could all go wrong. But we're aiming. You know, we'll see if we can sort it out. If you want to email me some questions, then yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com. That'll do it. You can tweet me at yarnsfromplane. And we could even have a hashtag, couldn't we? Hashtag askyftp. There you go. Got me in hashtag. Woohoo. But, you know, just ask me things. Within reason, obviously. I mean, you know, sense of taste and common decency. I may not use all of the questions, there's my disclaimer, but if there's something you want to know about me, the podcast, um, the business, the the journey, gosh I sound like I'm on, Britain's got uh, uh, X Factor now don't I, the, oh it's been a journey, um, then just ask me and I'll have a go at answering them in episode 100, which is due to go live on the 9th of February. So, on that note, let's go for some communication and build this community up. I hope you stay safe. I hope you have a happy time crafting. And until next time, take care. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Show notes and links are available at the Yarns from the Plain show page at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. 
if you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there on the show page, or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com, or message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plane. Until next time, take care, and thanks for listening. <laughs>